Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Survivalist Prepper Show. And Happy New Year! Merry New Year! Merry New Year! Yeah, we're actually recording this on New Year's Day. You guys will get it a couple days later, but yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about some family planning, uh, some communications, all this stuff. Not necessarily after a disaster, but some of the stuff we need to think about pre-disaster or when a disaster strikes. Yes. Uh, some of the stuff we need to think about if, say, the family's not all the way on board or they're, uh, you know, kind of confused about the situation. So we're going to go through some of that stuff. Uh, before we get into the show, though, we're also going to go over some of our last year's New Year's resolutions. And see how we did. Yeah. And I can't remember them all, but I remember a few, a couple I failed at, a couple we did good at. Uh, this year, we're not necessarily going to do them because we still got a couple from last year we need to complete, but uh, we'll go through that as well. But first, I wanted to remind everyone that the tickets for our preparedness conference in Las Vegas this year in March uh, are on sale. And you can go to thepreparednessexperience.com, uh, get those. We have 30 spots available, uh, around 30 spots available for the full three-day event, which the first day is going to be the advanced hemorrhage control class, which is going to be freaking awesome. I can't wait for that. The whole event's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. That's just going to be a fun day, hands-on uh, trauma, trauma stuff and all that. It's going to be a blast. And then we've got like 18 different classes over the next two days uh, with 10 different speakers. Chris Weatherman is going to be there. Forrest Garvin is going to be there. Even King's going to be there. Uh, it's going to be, and then all of us are speaking as well. You're going to do some first aid stuff. Heck yeah. And I'm going to make people want to come to my class because I'm going to give freebies away. Yeah, that's right. Huh? So everybody should sign up for my classes because you're going to get stuff. You get some Band-Aids? Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get just give Band-Aids away, are you? No. <laughs> okay. But it's going to be a surprise. Yeah. It, it's going to be a fun event. We're going to have a blast. You get to meet the speakers. It's going to be small. It's not going to be super small, but it's going to be small enough where everybody can kind of interact and uh, get to know everybody else, the other preppers that are there. Uh, meet maybe meet some of the people that you've kind of talked to online and all that. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's I, gonna I be totally fun. can't wait. Yeah, I really want to meet Chin. Is Chin going? Chin is gonna. I believe Chin is gonna be one of the helpers. Awesome. So he's gonna be our slave, basically. Yeah. So he is going. I want to meet Chin yeah. in person, face to face. I'm pretty sure about that. We need to confirm and all that, and and we'll see as we get closer. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that is we missed him at prepper camp. That's when we were gonna meet him. So. Uh, but it's gonna, it's just going to be a fantastic event. Uh, another cool thing, too, if anybody is not a member of the Survivalist Prepper Academy, anybody who gets their tickets for the event uh, gets a free lifetime membership to the Academy. So what? That's kind of a bonus that's there. Huge. Yeah, yeah. So Why is this the first time I'm hearing about that? Well, because you're already a member. You're a oh. member of the, the creator family. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, but it's going to be awesome. If you want to get more information on that, just go to thepreparednessexperience.com uh, and check that out. I'll also have a link on the show notes for this episode at survivalistprepper.net. Uh, but so let's go over a couple of our New Year's resolutions. And I didn't actually listen to our podcast last year, so I don't remember all of them that I, I said. But and I'll start off, I suppose, with a couple of them. 
Uh, I do remember I wanted to put solar in your barn. Yeah. And that almost happened, but I decided to go a different route. So I don't know that I actually failed on that. You just went a different route. I, I don't, just I wouldn't call that a fail. Yeah. When I was doing the reason I did that, I mean, I'd love to still do that and I may in the future, but the cost that it was going to take to, to do that, just there were so many different other things that we could spend that money on right. to become better prepared. Right. That it was just, it, it kind of, it's the priority kind of fell for me a little bit. Right. So that's one that I failed at, but I don't know but that I would really. call it failing. Yeah. Uh, the other one, which was both of ours, was we were going to go take a tactical shooting class, <laughs> and that didn't happen this year. You did go shooting more, though. Yes, but not the, the actual tactical class. No. But that is going to happen this summer. So it is a fail, but we'll just put it on on this next year. Uh, I don't remember a couple of the other ones. What were some that you had? The ones that I had was I wanted to get some more trees planted, which we did. Got that. Check. Yeah. And the big one, which I really didn't know if we were going to achieve, but we did, was to get the wood burning insert put in. Yeah, that was a huge that one. That was a yeah. big one. Yeah. And that one we almost didn't, but we decided at one point, oh, what the heck, let's do it. Right. And it was, I mean, it worked out good. And if anybody is planning on putting a wood burning stove in your, like, already, if you already have a, you know, fireplace, or if you want to put a freestanding one in. The best time of year to do it is around June or July because nobody else is looking at putting wood burning stoves in. So number one, we got a really good deal. Number two, we didn't. Well, we did have to wait because it took them forever to get it fully completed. But yeah, that was their yeah boneheadedness. But could, but could you imagine if we did it like started it in October, we would still be waiting for it to be completed. Yeah, so, yeah, it'd be done basically right after winter. Yeah, so now having, you know, hindsight being 2020, I think it was a really good plan that we had when we, you know, it was kind of spur of the moment, but it worked out. So if you're looking to do a stove or some type of fireplace or some type of, you know, different heating source for your home, July is a really good time to plan for the upcoming winter. And that little stove is awesome. Yeah. The one thing that I was kind of disappointed about, and, and this is kind of my fault, but with the, the insert, which goes into the fireplace, we wanted the ledge so we could actually cook stuff on top. Uh, and it just doesn't get hot enough to, it, it does. I tested it with boiling water. It doesn't get hot enough to boil water. It will warm it up pretty hot, right. but it won't boil it. So it is, it, it could be useful for some things, but as far as, cooking you could put the dutch oven inside of it couldn't you yeah we can still do that and we it would have been a little easier with the fireplace because you got a little bit more clearance but um we could do that uh but it just doesn't it doesn't cook like i wanted to now if you get one of the external wood burning stoves right. that has the, the stove top that would be fantastic yeah but it is some sort of an option well, it, uh, it, i mean it, it's it's not a, a game breaker or anything it's just no. not gonna do what i was hoping it would do However, I am, it's peace of mind because here we are sitting here recording this and it's negative three degrees outside right now. And let's say that the power were to go out, it, it takes the pressure off. So it's not like, holy crap, how are we going to stay warm? We actually have a heating source that even if there is no power, we can still heat our house and keep our house warm. So for me, it's a huge peace of mind and it's, you know, something to check off of my bucket list that I've always, always, always wanted. And I'm really glad that we did it. 
Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where there's so much wood and all that available that heating the home, uh, it, at least the the lower part of it, the, right. the upstairs may get a little bit cold, but it's yeah. not going to get, you know, freezing cold. Right. It's just going to be chillier. But that room uh, with the stove we got heats up nice, nice. So right. So it won't take a lot of fuel. Uh, it, well, it always takes a lot of fuel with wood, but it won't take as much. We're not heating the whole house. Right. Basically. And what's cool is we do have a lot of trees where we live. So in the past, we've had like, you know, a tree that we had to cut down or we had branches and it's like, what are we going to do with these? How, how are we going to dispose of them or whatever? Now it's like we're searching for limbs that need to come down <laughs> so that we can add to our our stockpile of wood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. A couple of the other ones we had, and then we'll move on. Uh, we wanted to take a couple of classes. Uh, didn't quite get, like I was talking about with the tactical shooting class. Uh, I, I thought about the CERT training. I went right. through that, and I've talked about this before, where it was pretty cool, but I just didn't want to go through the, you know, I don't want to go and volunteer for parades and stuff like that. Just isn't me. Right. And well, I did my wound care certification. So, and I. Yeah, you did your classes. So I did my <laughs> classes, and that was. That was intense. I was not very happy with the fact that they changed the test, right? I was one of the first people to take the new test, but you know, whatever it is, what it is. I passed. I am WCC now. Whatever that means. Wound care certified. Oh, wound care certified. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. So that was, I was pretty proud of that accomplishment. So I did take a class. Yep. One more that I, that I had was I wanted to get an old beater. I wanted to get a bug out vehicle. And this kind of goes into that solar thing. So this, it, it was just recently that I decided that, you know, about a month ago that I wasn't going to go the solar route because I want to get that vehicle. So right. uh, other things like Christmas and all that have it really put a monkey wrench and everything. So it's going to be after the first of the year. Right. Uh, but that is something I had talked about a Jeep or an old Ford, uh, an old Dodge, something diesel. Um, but I haven't really figured out exactly what I want yet. So I haven't pulled the trigger. Plus after that, then it's finding one mm -hmm. that is not going to take a couple thousand dollars of work to put into it to get it running. Right. So, yeah, but I think that's kind of the fun is, you know, planning and then, you know, executing on the plan. So the searching and finding for it, it's kind of like a treasure hunt. Yeah. So if last year was around 500 days long, you would have done. Set. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's not. So if we lived on Mars, it might be. Or wait, I think maybe not Mars. I think you have to go further out for a longer year. Well, I'd need something other than a Dodge or a Jeep if I lived on Mars too, I think. <laughs> I think so. I need some some pretty big tires and I don't know how to alien proof a vehicle. So Well, we'll talk to Captain K and yeah, he'll figure yeah, it out exactly. for us. Okay. So with this year, we basically have a few of last year's resolutions and uh, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't have as resolutions that we got co accomplished anyway. So yep. even though we didn't complete those, it wasn't a failure. Well, we got to s hang out with Sarah and we went to the Prepper Expo in Denver. That was cool. That was fun. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily a class, but we got to hang out with Sarah from uh, Changing Earth series podcast and yep. awesome books. So that was really neat. And I think I think we did we did get a lot accomplished. But I think we also have a lot of goals that are kind of big. Well, I'm definitely taking some classes this year because we're putting on the conference. Yes. And there's going to be 18 different classes. So so if you don't get your <laughs> classes done for the year, I'm I'm just going to kind of wonder. Yeah, exactly. 
All right. So uh, if anybody has any comments or, or stuff like that, that they're, you know, they have as far as resolutions for this year, just go to the website and leave a comment there. Yeah. Put your resolution or your goals for 2019 as a comment, because it's a proven fact that if you actually write down the goals that you want to achieve, you're you're more likely to achieve them. So go leave yeah. a comment and let us know what you want to work on for the year. Yep. Okay, so let's get into the show this week talking about communications and disaster planning and making sure that your family and everyone's on board. Uh, the reason, and like I said, we're talking about when a disaster strikes. It could be small scale, it could be large scale, but it's all that initial stuff that we need to figure out. And sometimes this, it, it kind of gets overlooked because we're we're so focused on what do you do, What's say an happening? EMP strikes, yeah. or what do you do... Um, earthquake or hurricane stuff like that but the the stuff that will kind of throw a monkey wrench in your whole plan is you know you you may have this this perfect set plan right but if your family doesn't know it or or you know they're in different places you've got to correct all of that stuff right before you even get to your plan so uh, that's what we're going to talk about today is kind of helping get the whole family on board whether they are on board with prepping or not these are some things that you can do to make sure that they at least you at least get some buy-in to the fact that when something happens they're at least going to know you know they're going to be going oh crap but at least they're going to know which direction to go and it's not going to be a total freak out right well i think at <laughs> first it might be a total freak out even from our perspective but yeah. you know yeah, but you know, when you think about like our kids and stuff, they're our our family's all over the place. Right. But they've we've talked about this stuff so much and they know what's going on. They're gonna know at, at the very least they need to be here. They need to get a hold of us. They need to right. and they've learned some stuff over the years that that maybe we we don't even give them credit for that they're gonna know in certain situations or they're gonna have a better idea, I right. suppose. Right in certain situations about, okay, I need to do this, or this is what Dale said, or this is what Lisa said. So, uh, your daughter, right, I think of her, we should like, okay, she's got, she's going to channel you in her head when something like that happens. Okay. Well, my mom do, what my mom do, well, she always try says, to do that. She always says if something happens, we're coming home. They, so that's like the first thing they think of is something happens. They're coming here. Yeah. And that's funny because her boyfriend is really got a, a, he's got a good job at Raytheon. Yeah. So I, I told her the fact that he's got that job is it probably he'd probably not. <laughs> they're probably going to take him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they're pretty interesting, though. But but it, that's what we're, we're going to talk about today is getting making sure the family knows what to do, because that's going to be the big headache in the beginning is getting everybody to one spot or making sure everybody's on the same page, because you can have the best plan in the world. But if that's all you're worried about is getting them. Uh, taking care of them, then, you know, it's your, your plan is going to go on hold or it's going to be, have to have to be amended through the whole, the whole process. So um, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, getting your family on board. And I guess we'll just start with this a little bit. We've written a, we've done a podcast and written an article in the past about this. Um, it, it can be, sometimes it's just impossible. Some people just don't want to hear about prepping, right? Right. Or preparedness. Um, that's why when you're trying to get your family on board, maybe you talk about the smaller, more likely the disaster scenarios, kind of like the fire drills at school. 
Right. But even, you know, if you want to get them on board, I think a lot of times it's just practicing what you preach and actually living it and doing it and maybe not even, you know, focusing it on when something big happens. It's just this is what we do, because then when you do something over and over, it becomes a habit. So regardless if it's prepper related or not, it doesn't matter. That's just a habit that you've, that you've established. Yeah, that's true, because I think our, our kids have probably learned more from watching us do and listening to what we do mm-hmm. more than, than us actually telling them that our actual quote unquote teaching moments. Right. Right. So, and so what do they say? Your actions speak louder than words. So, you know, just talking about it over and over again, I can actually see our kids faces, you know, their eyes rolling. If we're just sitting there talking about it, but if you're actually doing it and bringing them into it. I mean, it's fun. Just like, for example, Christmas when you and your son went out back and you guys were playing with the crossbow, Yeah, you know, it's just, you just do it. We're not, we're not saying, well, wouldn't it be nice if we could do this or we should do this or we should do this. No, we actually do it. And I think that. Well, like the food storage and stuff like that. They see us doing that. It's not a, you know, we're not telling them, Hey, you need to come help me inventory this or rotate this or anything, any of that. Right. But they see us doing it. And whether they seem like they're paying attention or not, they're absorbing some of it. So they're going to know. Now, granted, they're not going to know the details. And and that would take them saying, they would, hey, I'm interested it. in this. Right. What, what then, are you doing here? Yeah. And then you you grab that moment. You seize that moment and and teach as much as you possibly can yep. until they they say, OK, that's enough of that. And then they <laughs> and, then, well, and then they do it at their own, in their own home, you know, and it's just. It's really fun. Gardening, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Just to put that, plant that seed, literally. You said gardening, plant the seed and then see where it takes, takes off from there. Yeah. The camping is a, is a great way to do it. Kids love camping. A lot of kids anyway. Some of them don't, some of them do, but uh, that's a great way because it's a captive audience. They're bored out of their minds uh, and you can do a lot of things. Some of that, that bug out type stuff that may be important. Right. And even if you, you know, let's say you can't get out to a campground. But could you pitch a tent in your backyard? Could you sleep out overnight in your in your own yard? That's a really good, fun way to do something fun with your kids. But you're not, you know, really leaving your house in a sort of in a sense. You're you're out back. Yeah. And the the kids do like to do that sometimes. They just put a tent up in the front yard and sleep out overnight, which is great. Yep. Uh, What I do is I don't you know, I don't go out and build a tent for them. I okay, here's the tent, go for it. Yep. I'll coach them along the way if they have any questions or whatever, <laughs> but they're putting the damn tent up and they're, you know, half the time they used to end up coming in in the middle right. of the night. Right. Uh, but, but the girls even pitched the tent. Yeah. 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 And I think they actually ended up staying out all night. So yep. it goes to show you, you know, boys are the tough ones, right? Yeah. Uh, the girls are like, no, we're staying out here. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it is, it's stuff like that. And you get them, it's almost like baby steps and, and bite-sized pieces, you know, any, anything you can get, take it and call it a victory because a lot of people just don't want to have anything to do with it. And if you're talking about the, the nuclear war, the EMPs, the stuff like that, they're going to be like, you know, I'm, I'm totally not into that. I'm not, I you might got, scare them off. I've got my stuff to deal with right, right. now. Uh, that may know. seem too far-fetched or too way out there for someone to worry about or think about, but If you're teaching them these skills that they can do, you know, if you're teaching it now, like camping and, you know, hunting and 
even shooting, things like that. Those are things that they can take with them in case something happens. Yeah. What And what happens when they have their own kids? Right. Right. So the stuff that they gave us a hard time for the whole time they were here, right? Maybe they become 35, 40 years old and they've got kids, teenagers or whatever. And they're looking back at what we did and thinking, you know, okay, this doesn't seem like, like it was all that bad shit crazy as I thought it was when I was a teenager. <laughs> Uh, and you just never know. And that's, that's kind of the main thing. And then sometimes, like I said, a couple of times, sometimes you're just not gonna be able to get through to people. So right. you, you, it's not like you get a divorce or you kick your kids out or anything. You just have to adapt your plan to that situation because once a disaster strikes and once something happens, those ears are going to be perked up and they're going to be ready to take any information that you want to give at right. that point. Right. So because and that's what you, you were right. Think, yep. And that's what you have to consider when things aren't going according to your plan as far as if people are on board or not. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, now I do have a couple of things when I was talking about communication in the beginning, um, there's a couple of different things that I want to talk about, and this isn't necessarily like ham radio or GMRS. There is a little bit of that involved, but like I said, this isn't a, you know, after a disaster strikes type thing. This is a before a disaster strikes. And with communications, it's with 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 families these days, everybody's usually all in a bunch of different places. Right. Yeah. Um, so that is going to be your first step in any sort of situation. It's not the, you know, grab or maybe it is grab the bug out bag or get the truck, but <laughs> it's not get everything in the truck and then go to the bug out location. It's get everything in the truck and figure out where everybody else is. Now, if you have a plan and, you, and you've got a way to communicate, then at least if you're headed to a bug out location or, or a safe place or something like that, and you know everybody else knows that plan as well, you can be more confident going to that, that place thinking, okay, these people should be there maybe by the time I get there or maybe a little bit after I get there. And if they're not, then I know something happened. Right. But it is, I mean, but having that foresight and planning ahead of this is where we're going to meet and this is why, making sure they understand why you're going to meet there, that's going to help solidify your plan and hopefully everybody will get there. Yeah. And and with communications, it's it's pretty tough because depending on the disaster scenario, there may be cell phones. I mean, we don't know. Right. If the grid's down, there probably isn't or it'd be very sporadic. Uh, you know, kind of do your kids know that texting is it's more likely to get through than actually calling? Probably because I think all of our kids text more than they call. Yeah, but I was thinking about this the other day and it's like, yeah, the kids, that's all they do is text. Right. But when it's something important, what do they do? You get a phone call, right? Yeah. When it's something that's going to take more than four sentences. You get a phone call. So yes. they need to understand that, you know, like if, if the power went out or it was a, a hurricane or some sort of disaster. Right. They'd be calling mom. What's going on? Right. It wouldn't be. Hey, mom, what's going on? Texting. Right. So you got to let them know that, hey, texting is if you want to get a hold of me. Texting is going to be. The yeah. The phone way. lines could be flooded. You know, text. It's going to be a lot more likely that a text gets through. It's not guaranteed, but it's going to be more likely that a text gets through rather than a phone call. So. Right. And a lot of kids, they just, they don't give it a second thought. Well, and when you're put into a stressful situation, especially if you're, you have kids that are young adults and they're put into a stressful situation, the the first thing they're going to do is, is try to call. But 
Yeah. You, talk to, I mean, voice to voice. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's like, they need that reassurance, but sometimes that's not possible. That goes for adults too. I didn't know yeah. about the texting thing until I got into preparedness. Yeah. But just being able to say, Hey, I'm okay. Or whatever. Even a text message can go a long way just, you know, to reassure someone. Yes. The voice is nice, but if you can't get through text message is better than nothing. My text message would tell you, yes, they're alive. Yeah. First of all. Yes. <laughs> And, and they know the plan or hopefully they know the plan. Hopefully the text wasn't, isn't, what do I do? Yeah. You know, cause then you're. And you never know. That might be the first inclining, inclining. That in might be the first, for the first thought for them is, oh crap, what do I do? And then once they calm down after the, the moment, then hopefully they'll, you can maybe. Yeah. Just text them. Remember the plan. Right. Think about the plan. Right. And then just get their train of thought back on track. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that kind of goes into the whole binder thing. Uh, but before we get into that, I, there's so many different areas of this so that it, it's kind of hard. I'm going to try not to jump around, but um, there's so many different areas to this that um, I want to talk about some of the things it, that go into the plan. Right. Right. So and and we're going to talk about creating a binder later on for I love binders. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of like in Franklin Horton's books. Yes. Uh, there, it, there's a bunch of different articles about creating an emergency binder. Um, there's emergency procedures binder, which is the one I'm going to talk about quite a bit. Then there's an emergency documents binder, two different things. But those will absolutely help with people that don't that aren't really on board with what you're doing. Right. Or like me, I, I take. Yeah, see, this is me going in a different direction again, but Squirrel. with me, I take certain responsibilities and you take other responsibilities. So um, I know where the generator is. I know where the fuel is. I know where the lights out kit is. Uh, a lot of that stuff, you probably have an idea as well. I know where all of that stuff is. But yes. with me, it's all the details I know because I put the stuff together. So uh, with like with the lights out kit. You know where it is, but right. do you know the, the exact contents of what's in that thing um, or a general idea? A general idea. See, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So, But that, see, for me, having that emergency binder would be helpful. Let's say that for whatever reason you weren't here and I've got my binder that you've created that I get to go to. Sure, I know where the generator is. Sure, I know where the fuel is, but how do I use it? Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. So having you walk me through step by step, this is what you do. That would be really helpful. With the lights out kit, you would probably get into it and you'd be like, dumbass didn't even put a flashlight in here. What kind of lights out kit doesn't have a flashlight? Don't worry. You'd I have my me. <laughs> I have my handy dandy headlamp. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so let's backtrack a little bit and go to uh, the family emergency plan. Uh, one thing to think about this is the I guess the most important thing is yes, we we all have the cell phones and that's a great way to get a hold of each other. But if the grid's down, we need to have an alternative for that. Right. And that really is a tough situation. Sometimes that alternative is them understanding the plan in the first place, them being able to execute without any contact. Ooh, good plan. Knowing that, okay, I can't get a hold of them. This is pretty bad. Either they come here, they go to a, there's a, a meeting spot that we have. It, it really depends on the situation, but, um, they understand that that's what needs to happen if there is no contact available. Uh, there's, a, you know, we're always looking for different options. There's ham radios. There's those go tenna phones. Uh, but, you know, uh, you can't depend on a lot of that stuff. Right. I so mean, let's say that there is no communication as far as that goes. 
Yeah, then you've that's where that plan is. Okay, this is what we are going to do. And and that's a pretty simple one because mm-hmm. they don't have to it's not like they have to do anything. Right. It's just, "Hey, if this happens, you know, I I don't care if you're into the prepping thing or not, but if this happens, this is what we need to do. So just keep this in the back of your mind." Uh that's going to save you a lot of effort and stress and all of that as well because if something happens, me and you have the plans and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But like I said in the beginning, if we have to figure out how to get this person or that person, our plan goes out the window right. at that point right. or it gets put on hold at the very least. Well, and even you can like think this down simply as far as just as an example, planning for when do your when does your family all come home? So, for example, Thanksgiving or Christmas, they all know where they're going to go. You know that they're going to be here in a general time frame. You're not quite sure when, but if you can liken it to a holiday gathering or a family gathering and kind of plant that seed, I think that might, it makes it a little bit easier without being all doom and gloom and oh crap, you know, the, the world just ended. Yeah. But if they have a plan of where they're going to go, just liken it to, it's, you know, just like we're going to do Thanksgiving dinner and then just go from there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even with the planning and stuff like that, it, it you know, it, it's really tough to say because it's really disaster dependent, I suppose. Right. On because what there's they some, do. Yeah. There's some ways they may not be able to get home. Vehicles so. may work and, right. it, and it's not an issue. Right? And what if it's wintertime versus summertime? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, they need to understand roads and and alternative routes. And that's what we're going to get into here, because. In some sort of situation like that, the highways, the roads they usually take might not could be, be jam packed. Right. And there's no way they're getting through it. Right. And then they're going to get on the highway thinking, ah, I'll be home in an hour or so. You get on the road and they're stuck and they're like, oh, crap. Now what? Yep. So you got to have alternate ways to get home or yeah. get to where you're going. Yeah. And they need to understand that because, like I said, it's that curse of knowledge thing. As preppers, we all know this stuff because we read about it all the time. We, we research it. We do all this stuff. But with the average person, it, it doesn't cross their mind. So that's why it's our responsibility to make sure it crosses their mind. Right. And pass basically. that information on to them and, and play that out. Okay. If you can't get home this way, how are you going to get home? There's options A, B, and C. That way we know you have these options. You have at least three different ways to get here. Yeah, it, exactly. Uh, so a few things that I've got here, as far as a family emergency plan, uh, another one, the first is the communications thing. Um, if you do have the shortwave radios, maybe they get close enough into range where they can get a hold of you. Uh, you know, think about that as an option. If they're really far away, not even going to work. Right. Uh, depending on the terrain, if it's not line of sight and all that, probably not going to work. How far will those range, the range go on those? It depends. It depends on if it's, if it's flat, then probably a few miles, uh, depending on the radio, a lot longer with some radios, but just the basic, you know, Walmart, FR, GMRS, FRS is ridiculously short. Uh-huh. Those are almost ridiculous, but uh, that's that's good for if you have a large property and, and people are around within a half a mile or so. The FRS is? Yeah. GMRS okay. has got a little bit more range. CB and ham radio, it depends on the equipment, but you can get out there. But that means that they need to understand it on the other side too. Right. Which is unlikely. Right. Uh, you know, you see on these, the TV shows that Walking Dead and all that, they just pop on their radio and they start chatting with each other. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work, work like that. quite work that Sometimes way. Sometimes it does, but both ends need to understand why it works like that and make sure that they're in position 
and and all of that to make sure it works like that. Uh, another thing that drives me nuts on some of these TV shows <laughs> is they're both talking at the same time. Yeah. Doesn't work. No, no. <laughs> One person's got to unclick the button so the other person can talk. And I've actually, you've actually pointed that out while we're watching a show or Drives something. me nuts. You're like, that's, that's not real. That's not how it works. Yeah. So those things need to be taken into account. But sometimes just like cell phones, there's not an option. There's going to be a no communications there's got to be a no communications plan, basically. Right. How far does a CB radio go? Uh, same as ham radio. It really depends on the equipment. It, okay. It's, you can do a lot more with ham radio than CB radio, but um, CB radio isn't for long range okay. communications. I'm just thinking of on the highways, you know, you always hear, well, if you're, you hear if truck you're, drivers on their, their CBs. Yeah, if you're, you're like on a bug out route. Yeah. And you've got three or four cars. That would be perfect. CB radio would be cool. You can yes. communicate with each other. But as could far you say as breaker one nine, you could if you want. Uh, but if you're 30 miles away from your bug out location, you're not going to be able to talk to the dude at your bug out location or the person that's already there. Darn. Yeah. So uh, one other thing with this or a few other things, actually, uh, the next one I've got is phone numbers. People don't know phone numbers. these days. <laughs> that's true. Everybody's in a contact list. So right. make sure that they've. You know, even if you have to write the stuff down for them, write down phone numbers. I mean, our kids, I'm pretty sure know our phone numbers. Yes. Um, uh, With our kids. I know the first six digits of each of their phone numbers. Well, it used to be because now they've like grown they've up. They've gotten new. And they've, they've gotten, gotten their, their own, own phone plans. So now, yeah. So now we need to write those phone numbers down. Yes. Now, granted, if you've got your phone, even if the 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 it doesn't work. You can still get into your contacts as long as you've got the power to do that. Right. Uh, as long as the phone is charged enough for you to do that. So that's one way to do it, but it's always good to have that stuff written down uh, and maybe have them write it down, whether you write it down for them and then just put it in their glove box or whatever you're going to do. Or you could even make a little emergency binder to put in their glove box. So they have that information in there. Yeah. A little checklist. Yeah. 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 Uh, or their trunk, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, kind of along the same lines with that is make sure, and this is really tough because make sure they have some sort of way of solar charging or charging an external battery. Yes. This is really tough though, because they use it and once it's dead, they don't bother recharging it. So it's kind of up to them at that point and, yep. and let them know, Hey, this is your emergency power. Okay. So make sure it's charged. Make sure that you have your emergency power when you need it. Really tough to do because, like I said, they'll charge their phone. They'll put the charger down, forget about it, because then they're back on Facebook or doing whatever they're doing. Back on Instagram or and not worried about the charger. Right. Some kids different than others. Some kids just will completely ignore it. Some kids, like if you told your daughter that, she would probably make sure that that's, this has got to be charged. Right. This has got to be charged. Uh, some kids are like, yeah, that should be charged, but I'll get that later. Yeah. Until, right until my show. Right. And then they really need it. And they're like, oh, darn, didn't charge it. Yeah. Um, but with, you know, even though they do have a lot of phone numbers on their phone, make sure to make a, an emergency contact list for them. Uh, that could be their doctor. That could be the the police department. Granted, 911 is pretty easy. Uh, the fire department, all those important numbers. Somebody, the the a relative that is closest to them. Well, you made you brought up a really good point with nine one one, not of course nine one one, but also having different emergency phone numbers for your local police and fire department because 
just recently there was a mass outage of 911. Yeah. So a lot of people, they couldn't, if they had an emergency, they couldn't call 911. So they're like, well, who well, do I call? Guarantee you in a situation like that, some yeah. sort of disaster, you know, You're it's not, going to be Yeah, overflowed. you know, it's not going to be working. So yeah. having backups is always a good plan. Yeah. Like with our son, your, your mom and dad live closest to him, closer to him than we do. Right. He doesn't know their number. No. I don't even know that he's got their he number knows, in his phone. I don't even think he, he has their address or knows how to get to their yeah. house. Yeah. And you, that's a good point too. Addresses. Right. Uh, even though nobody knows how to get anywhere without their GPS on their phone anymore. Nobody knows how to read a map or do anything like that. So uh, that's another issue. Right. Uh, but that's another thing that, Hey, if you can, if they're interested in that, you want to help them train them on that. I think that should be part of just every day. That, that's really nothing to do with preparedness. That is every day. You need to learn how to read a damn map. Yes. Kind of like a school thing. Yes. You need to learn how to read a damn map because if your Jeep, yes, you're probably never going to use it, but that one time you need it, you're going right. to be glad you know how to do it. Yeah. And that's, you know, the stuff we learned when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, so emergency contacts, phone numbers, make sure that stuff's written down, uh, the binder in their trunk, something like that, a procedures binder, uh, a smaller scale one than the one I'm going to talk about, but something of, okay, this happens, this is your, you know, all of this stuff could go in that binder. These are your emergency contacts. This is your, you know, if they don't know how to read a damn map, maybe you do need to get on Google and Type in, you know, how you can do the, your destination. Yeah. You could do driving directions. So type in now, and then that way they would have it. And hopefully they're having someone else with them in the vehicle as they're trying to figure out how to drive where they need to go. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, that is something you could create that binder for them. Uh, Or, you know, the alternative routes that, that I want to talk about the escape routes, the, if the highway is jam packed, you know, how are you going to get from point A to point B? without using your main the the route you take every day right and that could be one of those where you get on google maps say they don't want to sit and practice different routes and all of that maybe you have to do that for them now um, i wouldn't do this for every single family member but i will do it for the kids right um, and honestly haven't because we just thought about this but it is something that is is a really good idea and regardless of their age it could be you know once they get up to you know like 30 35 I think at that point you're kind of on your own, <laughs> but the, the age they are right now, it is one of those things that, okay, this is, if something happens and you need to get here, the cars are working, you don't want to be taking the main roads. So here's your options. Yeah. And with that, we can't just hop on Google either. No. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking out loud about how I'm going to do this, but <laughs> you can't just sit there and, and put it in Google and then write down the directions. You actually have to travel that. Right. Because it could be one lane roads mm-hmm. where everybody else is kind of thinking the same thing where one rain, one rain, one, one rain, rain roads, <laughs> one rain roads, one lane roads are going to get clogged a whole lot quicker than the other ones. Uh, so you got to think about, uh, there's just so much that goes into it. Uh, I'll have to, we'll have to do this in the future after I set a couple of these up and then I'll have a better idea of it. But that's what they need to think about right? as they're coming is, okay, I need to get, maybe it's, it is you, you explain that stuff to them. I, I get on this, this side road. That's great. If this side road's clogged, I need to get off of the side road for a while and then maybe try to get back onto it, uh, and go to, you know, different routes. That's the things they're going to have to use that critical thinking yep. that those skills to, to get here and let them know that, Hey, it's not going to be, you know, a point A to shot. point B, right. take this highway. You're, you're good to go. It could be a whole lot different than that. 
And maybe that's something you need to write in the note in in the little binder. You know, don't expect this to be easy, Jack. <laughs> that's what I write in there. I, I could see that written in there yeah. in Dale's handwriting. So and make sure they know, make sure they kind of think about it as they're, you know, just going through their daily routine and all that. How would I do this? How would I do that? How would I get here? What would Dale do? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to do the opposite. Can't, I can't tell you how many years I've tried to teach him that and then none of them listen to me. <laughs> I guarantee you, though, they do think about it sometimes. Yeah. They'll never let me know that. Right. But I guarantee you they think about that sometimes. All right. And I guarantee your daughter thinks that all, oh, all I know the time she does. about you. Yeah. What would my mom do? So just the, 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 the routes they're going to take. And maybe that route, there's a couple destinations along the way, right? So it's not just a, I need to go from here to Lisa and Dale's. It's okay. In between Lisa and Dale's, there's this spot that I can talk, stop, maybe get some information from a relative, whatever, find out what's going on, find out if it's safe to keep going, right. what I should do. Uh, if I don't keep going, how do I get a hold of them to let them know not to come look for me or, or what? I mean, there's so many different variables. Right. It's it's tough to go into all of that. But uh, that's important to, to understand. Help them at least get them the basics of yeah. an escape route and then let them try to give them the knowledge of, you know, thinking critically along that route and trying to get where you are. Uh, and kind of along those same lines is and I know you would do this if if say it was a day, a day and a half, and they didn't get to where they were supposed to be, you would go out searching for them. But what if they're, you know, they're on their way here and you pass right. them going the other way. Right. Because I went one route and they were on one route. So that's where it gets really tricky because it's like, how long do you wait before you decide that it's time to go? And then are you risking your own safety and, you know, Sometimes the worry game is not a good game to play. And yeah, you, you talk yourself it, into stuff. Yes. And so, and even worrying about it, and this is something that I wrestle with myself, is by worrying about it, what is that going to do? It is not going to benefit anyone, especially Dale, because he's going to have to listen to me. Yeah, exactly. And the way I think of it, I think of it as if you're worrying about it, then you're kind of living that problem over and over again in your head. And it, it may not even come to fruition. Exactly. So, uh, and I used to used to say, well, I'm always planning worst case scenario and worrying about it because then when something happens, then it's not as bad. But that's just a justification of worrying. Worrying does not accomplish anything. So dwelling on it and worrying about it isn't going to make things better. It's probably going to make it harder on you. So try really hard. That's one of my goals for the year. I'm not going to worry about things as much because it, even if you worry about it, it's not going to change. Things happen. Yeah, exactly. And you just got to, you know, deal with it as it's thrown at you. Yeah. All right. So that was kind of, a, kind of, you know, that's not it on emergency planning, but that's what I had here. There's, a, like I said, there's a lot that goes into all this stuff. Um, we are at about 45 minutes, though, about 40 minutes. So what we're going to do is going to break this into two episodes. Uh, the next one, I, I still, we still got a little bit about communication. We've got the emergency binders that I've been talking about. Uh, so what we're going to do is just kind of end this now and then go into that. That way we don't have to breeze through it uh, and skip over a lot of stuff in this episode. So what we're going to do is end this and then we're going to have part two next coming week? out next week. Yep. With the emergency binders and all of that. 
Uh, before we get out of here, do you have any tinfoil hatty stuff or anything like that? Well, I think 2019 is going to be the year of confirmation. We've already had the year of disclosure, so now it's time for year of confirmation. The, the year of confirmation and disclosure. What's, yeah. what's all this about? It sounds like some Catholic thing. Well, I guess you can kind of it's call like it Catholic that. Like Catholic school. It's confirmation. and Well, with all the alien stuff and as far as. Um, so you're saying 2018 was the year that. Of disclosure. They disclosed that there are aliens? Yeah, and that they're looking for aliens and what they're doing. And haven't you heard of like SETI and METI and SETA and META and all of these different quote unquote organizations where they're searching for extraterrestrial life? I thought all that stuff was out searching just the galaxies or not the galaxies, but the, yeah, the solar searching, system and they all are, that. They are searching through galaxies, also known as the solar system. For, so have they always kind of been searching for alien life? They have, but it's kind of it's kind of just come out. I mean, think about what they did disclose in 2018 about the secret, um, you know, different budgets and stuff that they had for, you know, looking for E.T. and and different you know, civilizations and stuff. They, they've disclosed a lot and they've actually, there's been like lots of different videos that have come out from, uh, military pilots and stuff and just all kinds of stuff. So there's been, basically there's been disclosure that yes, we are not alone. 2019 is a what? Confirmation. We're going to see some aliens. No, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. So we're going to actually find out. That, that the government is, is now, are lying to us. Are you talking that there's us. aliens? Or are you talking that the confirmation that there's microorganisms on Mars? That, well, that's already that's already been pretty much done. So you're talking we're going to see some little green men or some reptilians or some greys? I hope or, so. I hope so? I hope so. You're a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to go sign up for Space Force. Yeah, we'll see if that actually happens. Yeah. There's probably some secret... Secret you know force there is. Already, you know there is. Yeah. Well, we don't know, but that was air quotes, by the way. Yeah, there is, but yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week, everyone. Uh, until, uh, like I said, next week uh, we're going to be talking about some some binders and a little bit more about communications and kind of keep going on this subject we're talking about with the family planning, the disaster communications, uh, all that stuff that happens as a disaster develops not necessarily the stuff afterwards right uh, but until next week take care and prepare everyone we will talk to you later goodbye